Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Triple T. And I wanted to have a chat with y'all about quantity versus quality. This is something that we've chatted about before, and I feel like it's as good a time as any to uh, bring it back and have another discussion about it because, you know, sometimes people are new and they haven't heard all of the stories. So I want to share some of these stories with y'all. So one of the things that we have to do as we are getting into, you know, getting settled, all that good stuff, we have a very important question that we ask every week, and that is what's in your cup? And I see that Adam's Exploits has already answered the question in an anticipation and knows what the question is. So I'm so excited that you are here and letting everyone know that you're drinking Poland Springs water. That's excellent. Today, what is in my cup, let me tell you, is... Here's my cup, here's my cup, here's my cup. Getting it into the shot. I had to go brew some hot water and um, we've got the Tazo Awake English Breakfast Tea with a little smidgen of this agave syrup stuff that's in the bottom just to make it a little sweeter sometimes. So if you're out there as well, let me know what's in your cup so we can chat about it, okay? Now, um, I want to read for you guys a little bit of a story, and this story, we've talked about it before, and I had kind of paraphrased it, but now I'm going to actually bring it to you the way that it was meant to be, all right? So let me pull it up here and be able to talk about it with y'all. So I'm going to make sure this is running. And sorry, let me just change this real quick. Coffee later with almond milk. Oh, that sounds delicious. Okay, so it says quantity leads to quality, the origin of a parable. This is actually coming from an article online from Austin K. Leon. Okay, now it says this came from a book from David Bales and Ted Orland, and the book is called Art and Fear. No. He says, a ceramics teacher announced on opening day that he was dividing the class into two groups. All those on the left side of the studio, he said, would be graded solely on the quantity of work that they produced, and all of those on the right solely on its quality. So his procedure was very simple. On the final day of class, he would bring in his bathroom scales and weigh the work of the quantity group, 50 pounds of pots rated an A, 40 pounds of B, and so on. Those being graded on quality, however, needed to produce only one pot, albeit a perfect one, to get an A. Well, came grading time and the curious fact emerged, the works of the highest quality were all produced by the group being graded for quantity. It seems that while the quantity group was busily churning out piles of work and learning from their mistakes, the quality group had sat theorizing about perfection and in the end had little more to show for their efforts than grandiose theories in a pile of dead clay. Now, I was thinking about this and I was like, oh man, this applies to so much more than just like ceramics. This applies to <laughs> YouTube. This applies to sports. This applies to whatever you want to insert into this particular type of thing. And then he says, like any great parable, um, it's the specificity of this image that makes it work, right? So you can picture a whole bunch of pottery and, you know, maybe some is broken and people are showing off what they've done and maybe they're posting it on Instagram and all that, putting it on social media. And so he decided that after he had read this book um, from James Clear, it called Atomic Habits. And he was retelling the parable, but he was using a photography lens. <laughs> See what I did there? He said, on the very first day of class, Jerry Busselman, a professor at the University of Florida, divided his photography class students into, again, two groups. And everyone on one side of the group, he said, would be judged on the quantity of work. And then everyone, you know, ev on the other side would be graded solely on the amount of work um, that was about the quality, right? So 
again, with a, a system like 100 photos is an A and 80 photos, um, you know, a B and C and as you kind of like go down and everything like that. So I think it's really interesting then that one might think, oh, this parable thing, maybe it doesn't hold true, but it actually did. So he says, at the end of the term, he was also surprised to find that all of the best photos were produced by the quantity group. So during the semester and all of these students taking all of these photos, experimenting with composition and, you know, development and learning and uh, being in the dark room, the quality group, though, they sat around speculating about perfection. And in the end, they had very little to show for their efforts other than unverified theories and one mediocre photo. So I think it's really important that they said unverified theories and a mediocre photo. And he's like, hmm, this seems very strange to me, right? It shouldn't be like this if all you had to do was produce one photo. And I know that Roberto Blake has also had um, similar discussions before in the past, you know, where he said, like, sometimes you have to make 100 crappy videos, right? So that's that was always been one of Roberto's standing things is you got to make 100 crappy videos just so that you can get it out of your system and then start working on what makes you better, what, you know, is going to improve the process, all of that stuff. And I'd love to hear if you guys kind of have heard that, agree with that, any of that kind of stuff. And I just... I think about this, Poland Springs Water again makes a second appearance in the chat from Annie Portalotten. Hey, Annie, hey, how's it going? I saw that you just joined channel memberships. I'm so excited that you're here with us. Makes me super happy. Um, in another week, I will be posting the members community post about what questions about YouTube, that kind of thing. So I think it's way too hot to drink. I think it's way too hot. I use the electric kettle, y'all, so... Yeah, I just effectively burned my mouth. Wow. Okay, we're just going to let that sit for a minute. We're just going to let that sit. <laughs> okay. So when we think about this, I always bring it back to something on YouTube, though, as well, right? So you've got people who have all these theories about YouTube, and they sit around, and they talk theory, and they talk shop, and they talk algorithmically about all of these things that they think are happening. And then you have people that are just out there testing, dabbling, finding out, and experimenting. And isn't it weird that the people who experiment and test and dabble and all of that stuff have so many more data points to go off of, have so much more experience, can say that they've gone through so many more types of situations than the people who only sit around and theorize. And I was thinking about this where people who liken it to, um, I, I think of like YouTube is almost like if you were watching sports, right? So a lot of people who are first starting to get onto YouTube think that, hey, if I watch 100 hours of Sean Cannell or, you know, channel makers or name the, you know, guru, Brian G. Johnson or Daniel Patal or Dean Nimmin or like all of my friends, right? If I go out there and I spend a hundred hours watching all of these people, watching all of the how-to, then when I launch my channel, I'll have done all the right things and I should already be successful, right? And more often than not, we find that this is not the case, right? And then they get mad. But you would think about this, like just because you watched a thousand hours of basketball or skateboarding videos and tutorials or ice skating tutorials and instruction, right? Just because you watch a thousand hours of that, the first time you strap on some ice skates or rollerblades or whatever else it is and you roll out into the rink or wherever you're going, you're probably gonna fall on your ass at least once. Same with like snowboarding, right? That first day is so miserable when you're your booty's all wet and cold from sitting on the mountain all day because like you fall down a lot and you're like, but I watched the video, <laughs> right? There's so much different in doing than actually just theorizing or watching other people. And it's just similar to what both of those stories, the parable and the 
the person from Atomic Habits is talking about. It's like they're the people who just stand around and theorize and they have unverified theories, right? And usually a mediocre product at the end. You think about that for a second. Whereas someone like who's tried and failed and has learned and had some bumps and bruises and has some stories to tell, I think sometimes is going to be a better, more well-rounded, well, human slash person slash creator slash whatever than the person who's only ever theorized. So then it starts to become a question though, quantity and quality when it comes to YouTube. And I wanna chat about this because I think it's a fascinating type of thing. And so I would say, first of all, like we've got these two things, right? We've got quality and we have quantity. Did I say that? Yeah, quantity. So first of all, quantity is very easy to quantify. Wow, I hate myself. I was like, I was, I was word searching. Y'all saw me. I was like word searching so hard, right? It's a number most of the time, right? It is a number. It's verifiable in some way. I've produced five essays. I made five videos, I shot 10 photos, whatever it is, like there's usually a numerical aspect, right? Attached to quantity. So I'm gonna say numerical, right? And when we have quality, this one I think is a lot harder to define. And here's what I mean is like, when you guys think of a quality video, what makes for a quality video? And I think, one of the things about this is really, it's like a huge asterisk because quality subject could be subjective, right? What you might think is the most beautiful painting out there, someone else could be like, I see a squiggle, you know, or this is a Matisse and it's so amazing, or this is a Georgia O'Keeffe photo. And I'm like, I feel like Joey in the episode of Friends and Rachel is redecorating the apartment and there's a picture of a baby and he's saying like, I don't, we don't know this baby. And she says something like, it's Annie Leibovitz who is a famous photographer. And he goes like, I don't know if the photographer, you know, if the baby is a famous photographer. And that wasn't the point. The point is, which is still funny. It's subjective, right? It was a cute photo to one person. It's a work of art to another uh, person because they're looking at it through literally a different lens or a different type of opinion. So can one, quantify quality. Can we actually say what is quality? There might be some characteristics that you might think of like, oh, maybe the lighting was good, or maybe the audio was good, or maybe the subject matter was good. But even if you go and talk to someone, they could be like, I didn't care at all about the audio. I didn't care at all about um, the lighting. I didn't care about the transitions. I didn't care about the whatever else insert, right? But someone else looking at it and be like, oh, uh, I only watched because of the whip pan transitions and the um, you know beautiful B-roll. And then there are some people who only do talking head videos, never shown B-roll in their entire life. And you know someone could still say it was a quality video because they learned something from it, right? So I always have felt you cannot always get to quality until you go through quantity. And I think when you go back and you look at those, um, you know, those lessons, parables, whatever you want to say, it kind of is the same as saying you have to go through quantity. You have to build the muscle. You have to have the experience you have to do in order to appreciate how to be, if that makes sense. And I get it that quality can, there are some things that aren't as subjective, right? You know, like if there is like audio hissing all over the place because it's outside and it's windy and stuff like that versus a video that isn't, you could be like, this one has higher quality than the other. Sure, okay? But wouldn't you 
having filmed 50 videos, 20 of them outside and, you know, whatever else, probably have learned that during. So it's like, which one do you want to theorize about? And so I feel like so many of us, when we come to YouTube, and you can tell me I'm wrong on this, we focus on how do I get the highest quality? How do I put out the highest quality video that I can? So I need to have the best audio. I need to have the best lights. I need to have that, the best camera. I need to have blah, 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 blah. And one, I think that a lot of people use it as this excuse not to start, first of all. That's just, I'm going to put that out there. People are like, well, I can't show up on YouTube until I buy X camera or until I have better lighting or until I whatever else it is. And I can tell you from experience that I went back to, you know, if you go back to most people's first videos, the quality <laughs> is definitely not as good as maybe some of the videos you see now, right? Most of us have probably up leveled the more videos we go, absolutely. But I think what's more important is that those videos exist. So, and I think that people wanna use the excuse of, oh, I don't have this DSLR or this mirrorless camera, so I can't make videos. And I'm like, well, then use your phone. It's probably shooting higher quality. Anyway, get started. Start producing quantity right? Let's not forget Jenna Marbles. Like the first few years, she was using the built-in internal Mac webcam on your laptop, which we all know, like that thing has the resolution of a potato, right? But she was funny and engaging and her personality and, and so like just vivacious and I miss her. And I think she has, let's say thousands of videos, right? And so you become more comfortable talking to the camera. And after you make thousands of videos and you can make eye contact with the camera and treat it like it's a person, you have to learn that versus theorizing what it's gonna be like when you're on the first other side of your first video, if that makes sense. And just being like, okay, I have to make eye contact and I have to pretend like it's my friend. But then you turn on the camera and you have this deer in the headlights type of moment, which happens to most of us, or you know, you're looking at yourself in the viewfinder because you want to make sure I'm in frame or you want to make sure all this stuff is happening or, you know, it didn't stop recording. And that's all stuff that eventually you kind of like learn to tune out or ignore or something like that. But even though you know that your body doesn't have the muscle memory to not be reactive to it. And so all of the theory does you no good when, you know, it's your first live stream and you forget everything or whatever else it is versus, oh yeah, let's just turn on the camera and go. It doesn't really matter. Like, or, you know, when the wheels fall off in the middle of the, <laughs> in the middle of the ride and you're figuring out how to, uh, you know, do it behind the scenes and keep going. So all of that, which ends up coming from experience versus, you know, theorizing what would you do if your audio stopped working in the middle of a live stream? If you've never experienced it, because all you did was ever theorize about how to have the perfect setup for a live stream. And you're gonna be up a creek without a paddle and like probably freeze. Okay, does this make sense to people out there? Let me know, let me know. And uh, tell me that this is making sense to everyone here. Oh wait, I think I should take off the lid so that more of the steam can escape because I already burned my mouth last time and I did I learn? Nope, I sure didn't. Wait, maybe I did. Maybe I did learn. <laughs> so, which is why I'm taking off the lid. Which is why I'm taking off the lid. So if I have the lid off, then more condensation and all of that it can escape and hopefully it won't burn me. So I should learn a thing or two, right? Is this making sense? Awesome. Now let me know which camp that you're currently in. Are you in the quantity camp? Are you in the quality camp? So as a personal story, okay, I'm gonna try not to burn my mouth. I still did it, still burned my mouth, y'all. Still, oh gosh. So, one of the things that I am doing, I'm just gonna scroll down real quick here as a personal story. I am now 
focusing on quantity. I'm trying to get as many videos up because I'm going to level with y'all since there's only like three of us here. We're going to talk about some of this information, right? We've got live streams. We've got shorts. We've got stories. And we've got VOD, which stands for video on demand. Okay. So these are the four types of content um, that are currently <laughs> live stream, shorts, stories, and video. <laughs> I wanted them all to be there. Kind of like that. Kind of like that. Right. Hello to Mr. Camera Junkie and Dr. Elo. Great to see everyone again. Now we've got live stream, shorts, stories, and video on demand. Oh, I don't have any little. Uh, uh, uh. So let's talk about this, right? And I know that we just did the live stream podcast episode recording with Dane and Gwen right before this. So if you were here for that, thank you. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, the replay should be there or you can listen to the video marketing value podcast wherever you're listening to podcasts. Okay. But today it kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm talking about. We were talking about how not all video views are created equal when it comes to YouTube and why you may not want in some cases views on certain videos or certain people watching your videos, right? And you think about that and it's so counterintuitive to what we're told, right? We're told chase views, chase subscribers, chase all of this to get more. And we're coming out of the gate hot here with our hot take. I mean, like sometimes you don't want people watching your videos, right? Like when, and they asked me like, who don't you want watching your videos? I'm like, oh, there's lots of people that <laughs> I don't want watching my videos, right? We want people who um, can take a joke or people who aren't easily offended or people who would actually do the work or any of that stuff. Like that's what we want here on this channel. And um, if that's not for a lot of people and that's fine because I think that the people who are here then we rock hard together, right? Yeah. But when we look at this, exactly, we want the right people watching our videos. We want the right people. And and before, and I'm coming at this from before I was making videos and I was getting a lot of people watching them, right? So like I said, I just privated 250 videos and I privated two and a half million views. And some people would think that's nuts. That's crazy. Why would you want to take away two and a half million views on your channel. And I'm like, because they're, they're not, they're not the right people watching me anymore. It's not the right audience that I want. And <clears throat> now I want a different audience. So if you want something different than what you had, you got to kind of kill off the stuff that you don't want to be known for, or, you know, what is holding you back or what is stopping you from going on and getting the audience that you want. For me, I had a lot of people who were younger, beginning. Um, they weren't spending money on, on my products or my tutorials um, or my courses. They, um, they didn't care about me as a creator or really anything other than um, a utility channel. And I wouldn't mind if I was making a ton of money on, let's say, my course, but I wasn't. And it wasn't also something I wanted to keep continuing to talk about, right? So, but if you look at it through the lens of, well, 250 videos and two and a half million views or whatever, like, why would you want to give that up? And you'd be like, there's apparently lots of reasons I want to give that up, right? And so one of the things that I'm doing right now also is with live streams, which I've been doing for a year and a half now, right? But here's what we know about live streams. What do we know about live streams, y'all, right? It's, um, we're going to say it's good for nurturing but not growing. And I think y'all know what I mean. It, oh shoot, it's all off on the screen, my bad. But anyways, the key point here was nurturing. It's good for nurturing an audience, not necessarily for growing an audience. And I think y'all know that, and I don't have to explain that to you. You guys get it, guys and gals, right? And we get longer view durations, usually because it's people who care about you, okay? So we've got longer uh, durations and it's good for building deeper relationships and community, right? So we know this. 
But I have a lot of people now who know me for one thing and I'm trying to get them to know me for another. So live streaming is not going to be the only way for me to create content. And so I think we've talked about before when it comes to maybe repurposing and reusing. So when it comes to that, what would be better is if I did a whole bunch of like question and answer type of things and I started ripping out individual questions, individual answers and making them video on demand, right? It would be much better for something like that so that I could have some regular videos and have some live stream videos too. That's another way for someone who, especially if you're short on time and you wanna be able to put out more content, live streaming and then being able to have someone rip out those parts and create videos, that would be something, right? But right now I'm not quite doing that. So the other thing is, um, if y'all haven't seen, I have started doing a bunch of shorts. And the reason why, this is strategic, hopefully, right? Um, and I'm, I'm sharing this all with you because you guys can follow along with me and guys and gals and we can see, right? We're trying to get new eyeballs on this channel. So when someone now hopefully comes across a YouTube short and it's about either the creator economy or YouTube questions, stuff like that, and they come to my channel, what they don't see now, because they're all private, is a whole bunch of stuff for iMovie tutorials right? And that's even if you can get people to start looking at your channel, hopefully they see you enough, right? So for me right now, this is strategic because I'm taking a specific question, a specific answer, trying to get it down under 20 seconds, and then also using that vertical video on Pinterest. Um, I'm going to say repurposed across platforms. So I'm trying, did I say repurchase? No, it says repurpose. What? Oh, oh, <laughs> you're saying you spelled repurchase wrong. Okay, sorry. I was like, what? So one of the reasons that I'm creating a lot of shorts right now is I really want to get in front of new eyeballs because shorts will be served up to people who don't always view your content, right? So I'm hoping to get new eyeballs on my channel so that I can breathe new life and get some new audience members here. And then when they come to my channel and see that I have a whole bunch of, let's say hopefully videos eventually about YouTube or the creator economy, they would be interested in that and want to follow along, right? So what I don't wanna do right now is short videos about how to do Instagram hacks and short videos, even though you know those would be really, really fun to make, those would be fun to make on the vertical video channel, but I don't want to get continued eyes on something that like, I don't need to just go viral to get the eyeballs. I want to get the right eyeballs, right? We're coming back to this, the right views, the right views, the right views. I want people who are interested in learning how to grow on YouTube and learning how to make money with the videos that they're making. That's who I want. So those are the videos that I need to keep making, making videos about how to make YouTube work for you financially and how to YouTube better, right? So I need to make a whole bunch of content on that so that hopefully when it floods into someone's eyeballs, the people who are interested in that content will come back and become part of this community, right? This is making sense, right? This is making sense, right? And I have to keep doing this and flooding the market, hopefully in shorts, because I have so many views coming in or, um, only for, only for like iMovie stuff, right? So <laughs> Dr. Yula, thank you so much. He says, um, I can make alien videos and I will still watch. Well, you know, what's really funny is I did make a video that is like outer space and aliens. It's just on my TikTok. I haven't had time to pull it down. And it's to the Reading Rainbow song that people <laughs> are making these, you know, uh, videos about right now. So it's funny that you mentioned that because over on TikTok, I did make that. But another thing, again, why I'm flooding the market, I'm just going to keep putting that in here. This is an intentional purpose. Oh, goodness. Flooding the market. 
place. This is an intentional choice that I'm making for my channel. This may not make sense for your channel. And I'm just telling you all this because I'm trying to have it like make it make sense. Um, for you from the outside looking in, you could be confused and be like, what is she doing? Like it's been like 15 to 20 shorts in the last few days and I'm going to keep doing multiple shorts every day. And I even put out a call for questions. I was like, if you have questions about YouTube, creator economy, that kind of stuff that I can answer quickly, hopefully, I want to make a short about it and put it out, right? I want to have a whole bunch of these. So if you have them, make sure you're dropping them or put them on the community post that I just put this out. Like, I want to build up a library and arsenal of shorts all about YouTube education, all about um, the creator economy, all about, you know, how to make money with your content. And, um, oh, happy birthday to your husband. So no worries. Come back. Um, so I want to flood the marketplace with a whole bunch of videos of that. So hopefully when someone tunes into a whole bunch of shorts, they see, and they want to learn about YouTube, they're going to see my face right? And hopefully then they come to my channel. They're not going to learn about how to make a subscribe button. They're going to learn about how to make videos, you know, sharing what they love with the world and how to make money eventually doing it, right? So it's intentional. And in fact, right now, some people may be annoyed that I'm putting out all of these videos about YouTube or just shorts in general. And to that, I would say, if that is true and they're not jiving with the quantity or the quality of the videos, um, they don't have to be here, you know, and that's fine. And, and maybe they were here for iMovie and maybe the more of them I put out and they keep coming back to my channel and see that, Hey, I haven't made an iMovie tutorial in six months, or I haven't made one in the last 50 videos or anything like that. Then they'll be like, Oh, I, I don't know. Why I'm subscribed to this channel. And they unsubscribe. Right. And that's what I want right now. So I know it's weird for a creator to be like, oh gosh, I hope all these people unsubscribe. But if they're going to hang around and never click into my videos, never watch them, never engage with them, it's not helpful to me. And I would rather have them not be part of the community, right? Because I've had that for a long time where I can put out a whole, um, like a whole bunch of videos and nobody watches them. So it's also embarrassing to me when you look at the size of my channel and you have 39, <laughs> I dropped below 40. So hopefully one day we get to celebrate that again. <laughs> we'll celebrate hitting 40 again. Um, you know, I think I said I, I lost like 250 over the last, I don't know, over the last couple months or however long it's been, right? But as part of the benefit and upside that has happened, I'm gonna also put this in there somewhere. I'm gonna put in, oh no, you can't see it. It's, it's, it's too small. Okay, I'm just gonna put as a, as, a, as a little note somewhere next to shorts over here. I'm gonna sit, oh, that's a highlight. That's the highlight, that's wrong. Okay, I'm gonna say as a, a note to myself, metrics metrics and what I mean by that is that and I talked about this a little bit in the podcast today and I said when you look at the fact that it's just gonna bother me that it's all sideways okay just give me a second let me and oh that's a highlighter y'all I am a mess okay let me let me just let's just do this real quick okay let's just do this we're gonna make it we're gonna make it so let's talk about metrics really quickly because I've started to make some changes on this channel, right? So some of the stuff that we care about a lot is gonna be about subscribers. And I'm sorry if you guys tuned into this particular live stream. I've, I've kind of made the point I wanted to about quantity quality and now we're gonna go into apparently a, um, not woe is me, but just as a look into the crystal ball and make it all make sense. Here, I'm, I'm giving you a look inside. Subscribers, I think it's been minus like 250, okay? Now, <laughs> it's this way, right? Less than, less than is this way? <laughs> I think that's right. Is the alligator going the wrong way? Wait, is that greater than? That's greater than, isn't it? Oh boy. So we're at less than 40K, so we get to hopefully celebrate that again. But 
I am getting true, uh, you know, closer to my 1000 true fans, or I'm getting closer, what good, and, and this is one of those things, like, what good is having 40,000 subscribers if you put out an iMovie course or something that you're known for, let's say two and a half million views on a particular subject, and you're a subject matter expert on it, expert, expert, you're an expert. So that's just a subject matter expert about axes. Okay. I'm sure they have some fancy name for it, but let's just th put this in perspective, right? So let's say you have 40,000 subscribers and every time you put out a video, you get like a hundred views and you create a course. Is the alligator going the wrong way? No, no. Don't you ever learn like the little teeth on the little guy? That's how you, you always think about it is the little guy is always trying to eat the big guy. So if it's this way, it's less than because the alligator teeth are on the other side. And if it was this way, it's greater than. Did you guys all learn that in school? As a side note here, as um, something, I don't know why this is a challenge, but currently there is a challenge on TikTok where um, they say, like, show us on screen how you add 93 and 97. And I was like, I don't even know why this is like a thing, but apparently I think it's also to demonstrate newfangled math. It's just different. But I was like, if you were doing this, I would always be like, okay, seven and three is 10 and add one over here and you add, so you're at 10 and you're at 19. And then I'm like, they, like that's the answer, like 190. <laughs> and um, I guess it's weird because now people are, are, are trying to show something <laughs> like um, 93, 97. I'm gonna give you another example here. Someone was trying to be like, okay, well, um, 90 and 90 is 180, then you would take the three and the seven and do a second thing here, which would be 10, and then you would add those two together and it would be 190. And I was like, okay. Um, and then someone else was saying that their 93, this is one of those like show your work type things, right? <laughs> um, where they're like, okay, so I'm gonna take, um, seven and add it to 93, which means I'm gonna have 100 and then I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna add 90 and then I'm gonna go to 190. I don't know if you guys can still see that, right? So apparently, if you think about it, this is just a great example or not great example, whatever. What we have here are three different ways to get to the same conclusion, right? So what's funny is you could theorize or you could do all three of them and then decide, oh, this one is the most efficient. But you only know that because you did all three of them, right? So it's because of the quantity of times that I did this math equation, I was able to find the highest quality answer, right? So again, this comes back to the parable at the very beginning with you know, do we theorize about the addition of um, the 10th place and then add in the hundredths? Or do we talk about, you know, the carrying the one and how that adds into, right? We would theorize about all of this. And at the end, you maybe still get an answer, but it may not have been the most efficient or the best way to get to that answer. Whereas you do all three of these things because you're producing quantity and then all of a sudden you start to have some um you know pros and cons about like hey if i do this one and oops that was an eraser if i do um, these guys down here then i have to do multiple iterations of additions and squiggly lines and equals and then addition you know whereas if i do this one up here it's the easiest and most concise and efficient way to do it right so this is again that quantity quality type of conversation. Hopefully that made sense. This was all talking about though. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it, it did come full circle and you, you guys kind of get it and y'all kind of get it, but it was also um, talking about some TikTok that I made because Dr. Elo had gotten me off track, which is very easy to do when you have squirrel brain like mine. And we were talking about outer space and in that outer space uh, TikTok that I made, you're supposed to show like something that's like confusing or um, something that just kind of makes you go, hmm, head scratcher. And I was talking about how, okay, I'm trying to see how much I wanna share with y'all. I was in the YouTube shorts 
creator roundtable this week and you know they meet maybe once a month this was the first month that i've seen it be as negative as probably it's ever been people were upset about the lack of clarity and transparency when it comes to shorts bonuses and um, music copyright claims and strikes and there was an actually strike happening and payouts and all of these different things and some of the advice that i was hearing some of it was really bad advice and so you know it's one of those correlation causation type of things. And, um, you know, they're like, oh, you should do this. And I was like, my head is like, you really shouldn't do that. That's like, no, <laughs> like my brain is screaming like, no, no. But this person also has like millions upon millions of views each month. And so, you know, I think like, oh, if I say something too contrarian to this, someone's going to look at me and like, who are you with your tiny little channel and your 50 views on your last video or whatever versus this person who's saying, you know, who has millions of views, why you should do X. And I'm just like, because it's not true or it's outdated or this, no. And, and, and all these people like sitting with notes and like being like, oh, do all these things, do all the, okay, write it down. Yeah, yeah. As if that is the magic formula to success and what's so interesting is just like there was one other person who's just like i just keep creating i just keep creating i just keep putting out content i stop looking at the numbers afterwards because shorts are gonna do what shorts are gonna do they didn't say that i'm saying that right sometimes there's just no rhyme or reason to why certain shorts take off more than others why some videos take off more than others why it resonates with some person whether it's you know, timely, the music, the subject matter, the person, the time it went into the short shelf. There are so many things that it's so much of the time unquantifiable why someone blows up. But here's the thing I can tell you is that most of the time, having more quantity out there increases the chances of possibly having one blow up because you have more. Whereas this is also going to come down to quantity and quality, right? You could theorize about what makes for the best quality YouTube short or video or TikTok or Instagram reel. Or you could make 100 Instagram reels and TikToks and YouTube shorts. And even if shorts are going to do what shorts are going to do, you have 100 chances versus one, right? And y'all know that you guys have maybe one video where you're like, I worked so hard on this and no one, no one saw it, right? And then you have one video where you're like, I threw this up. I just came home from the gym. I just wanted to, you know, like put it up there and I just had this quick thought and I wanted to share it with everyone. And that's the one that blows up. And you're like, but why? How many like TikToks or videos or something do you see where someone was like, wow, I was not expecting that to be seen by so many people. Like you just, you don't know why, right? Sometimes it just happens. And I know that even that thought alone breaks people's brains. Sometimes shorts are going to do what shorts are going to do. <laughs> I don't know. We got to put that on shirt, right? But if you had 100 shorts, wouldn't you then be able to go back and either increase your likelihood of being found, discovered, blowing up, having viral stuff happen, or whatever, right? And so this comes back to why I'm also now creating as much content as I am. I'm going to make that video. I'm going to put it on TikTok. I'm going to put it on Instagram Reels. I'm going to put it on Pinterest. I'm going to put it on all these places because I don't know which one might be the one to blow up or why it might be the one to resonate with people. I don't know, but I can tell you that I have a better chance of being found by more people who are actually interested in the thing if I keep making videos about the thing that I want to be known for. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> Right. So but coming back to all of this, if you look at my channel, because I'm selfish and that's why we're here, we're going to talk about me. Deal with it for a little bit, because I have so many lessons that I feel like I can share with y'all about things not to do, because I feel like all the mistakes that one can make. I have made them for you. I'm telling you, but, you know. That's just theory. If you want to do it for yourself and fail forward too, 
God bless you. Yes, on your journey. I understand. You got to do it, you know? Shorts are going to do what shorts are going to do. So if we look, though, at my channel, right, and we look, we're going to start to see things like failure. Um, I'll just put this out here. Failures. Subscribers, right? Views. Right? So we went down minus two and a half million views. We went down 250, I think, something like that, 250 videos, um, <laughs> right? And I cut off my likelihood of selling iMovie enrollments. Oh, you can't see that. Wow, my handwriting right now is atrocious. Okay, so once we start looking at all of this, right? If you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> geez. Um, so you've lost 250,000 subscribers, or sorry, 200, <laughs> wow. I've lost 250 subscribers or, or so. Um, I've dropped below 40,000. I, you know, let's say, oh, that was referring to something else. Like I have 40,000, I would still get 100 views. So it's not like I could have done that much worse to my channel, right? I lost two and a half million views. I privated 250 videos and I've possibly cut off one of my revenue streams because if people don't see my videos about iMovie and then think I want to learn more about iMovie, would they know to go buy my course? No. But here is where I'm weighing out the other side of that, which is it was $190 I've made in enrollments. And that was a weird fluke, right? So this is what it's costing me. Enrollments, um, I've lost, let's say, um, $200 a month in AdSense. Okay. Um, I've lost, whoop, yeah, I think it usually says I get, let's say, 200,000 views every month. Oops, that's not dollars. right so this is what it's costing me to change and pivot directions right 200,000 views a month $200 a month in AdSense let's just say $190 in um in iMovie enrollments right but here's what I gain from actually making some of these changes right I get ooh, ooh, that's an eraser I get focused content, I get a clear audience. And I don't know if y'all saw it, but I had posted this in my Instagram story. I don't know if I posted it anywhere else yet, but the chart, if you look at it, oh no, you guys know how awful I am with charts. But this was my CPM, something like this. It was like, and then right about here is where I made the change and I deleted all those iMovie tutorials. And then what's funny is my CPM is now looking more like this. So even at the base level when it dips and stuff. Wow, I am an artiste. Does that look like the stock market? Does that look like amazingness? Okay. So the delta between here and here. is my new CPM RPM. And if you didn't know, CPM cost per mile, which is just, what is that, Italian for a thousand. And then the RPM is revenue per mile. So what that basically comes down to, CPM is, um, what it costs the advertisers pretty much. And the RPM is what you get. This is after, this is everything that comes in. This is super chats, stickers, thanks, the super thanks. I don't have access to that, but it's a thing. Um, channel memberships, AdSense. So all of these things give you a dollar amount and then you divide it with your views and by a thousand and stuff. And this is what they will have. This can fluctuate qu 
quite drastically, like if you had super chats or if you had something else going on. But basically, the RPM is the metric that was hidden and obfuscated for so long because the only metric that they gave us for a very long time was CPM. But with the RPM, this is, you know, what it costs advertisers. This is what we get. So this is the one that we care about, really. And I think y'all know that certain genres, areas, they will have different CPMs, right? They, um, like something in financial, um, like Graham Stephan, he theoretically, theoretically, he could have like a CPM and somewhere more like in the 50, okay? Someone in beauty might have something more like, I don't know, 10, but they get a lot more in affiliates or something, right? Someone who's in the tech sphere might be somewhere sitting around 25. Someone who is in the commentary or something like that, if they don't get hit with all kinds of stuff, it could be low or it could be like 15. So you see what I'm saying? Like it all kind of like varies. It all kind of depends. And so also that can be dependent on time of year and all that stuff. And how this is how much advertisers are willing to pay. So what's interesting is someone who has a super high CPM, let's just say it's financial, financial advice. Okay. They could get five times less views. What is that? 20% of the views of someone else, right? They could make the exact same dollar amount as someone with five times the amount of views as them, but who is in like a $10 CPM. Put a thumbs up in the chat if that makes sense to you. Hopefully that makes sense, right? I'm not sure how else to explain that. So it could be as an example, this is all theoretical again, you know, Someone could have 100,000 views and someone could have um, basically 20,000 views. These are all pretend numbers, people, okay? It's all pretend numbers. And this person could get, um, well, it could be 500 either way. I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying it is, okay? This is what happens when someone who has a very high CPM, RPM, okay? Um, versus, oh, or someone like a um, family vlogging channel. Sometimes those CPMs are pretty high too because people want to advertise on, on something like that versus like commentary, something like that, okay? Um, so this is sometimes how it happens. So I could be in a scenario, okay? So when I was doing some of the iMovie stuff, tutorials, um, the CPM was honestly, oop, why isn't it eraser again? Oh, I double tapped. The CPM was sometimes around like $2. So for every thousand views, I might make $2, okay? But um, now, if you take a look at it, um, let's say the, the CPM was something, I think it was like $8. So even if I get four times less views, well, if you think about it, I have like 10% of the views that I used to have, right? I could still, at the end of the day, make just as much money if my RPM and CPM are higher because I'm bringing in whatever they're quantifying as a better viewer. Because what I was having in my experience was, I'm just sharing it all with y'all. I had a lot of um, 16 to 24 year olds and not for nothing, okay? Just putting that out there. Sometimes they don't spend as much money <laughs> as sometimes maybe someone in the 45 to, let's say, 60 age range. I don't know, or 35 to 45, okay? These people, maybe more, in, more disposable income, right? And so a lot of people want to dunk on, like, um, Facebook or something like that. But sometimes Facebook can, if you're getting monetized and stuff like that. People spend longer on there and you can actually get paid out more per 1,000 views because of certain things and because a lot of the people will spend money. <laughs> it's like, it's a whole thing, right? So that's why I'm also a proponent of being able to take your quality videos and be a little platform promiscuous with them, shop them around. And of course, if you can try and make them more approachable or better for other platforms. That's of course the benefit that you're trying to do, right? We know a few things. Oh, I just took this great Skillshare class. Not sponsored by Skillshare, but Skillshare, if you're ever listening, hit me up. And Lily Singh 
So she is a YouTube content creator, but she also has like a late night show, um, basically. And I think she has a book deal that she's done, right? And I just took her course on storytelling. And I thought it was a really good course. And this is on Skillshare. So if you're looking for a new course over there, this would be a good one to take. But what was interesting about this is she broke down one specific video and how she changes it for each of the platforms. And I feel like this is an episode that maybe we should have and a conversation we should have more in depth, but as a general overview. So she has one video and it's gonna be a 16 by nine, right, on YouTube. And there are certain characteristics of a YouTube video, right? And then she's gonna take that same video and then she's going to put it on Facebook. And I forget exactly what it was, but um, let's just say it becomes a square with the 16 by 9 here in the middle with her branding on top and then burnt captions in because she said that almost so like the majority of the people are watching no volume and you only have the first few seconds to really grab their attention and entice them um, before they either you know, scroll away or whatever else. And you only get a monetizable view if they watch so much of it. So it was really interesting for her to kind of talk about that. But then she said, oh, we're going to move over to TikTok. I'm going to take that 16 by nine and then turn it into this nine by 16. And then not only that, um, I can't, because it's only like a minute, I'm going to just take out like two or three jokes and I'm gonna put those over there. And then I'm going to um, do something else when it comes to IGTV, right? So also that nine by 16. So I know that this course was a little bit older because she was talking about IGTV, which has obviously gone away now, but she was saying specifically about the 15 seconds and then which was what you used to get in the preview before then you had to click in to get into the IGTV, raise your hand if you remember that. She said, so it's 15 seconds. Um, it already has to be interesting enough for you to want to click into the video. So go from here where you're previewing it to go to here where you're actually watching it. And then she said, you know, TikTok, they don't care about so much of this. So I have to take the the best two or three jokes or whatever and pull that out as the 30 second thing. And then over on Facebook, if you don't have burning captions, like you're just SOL, you're just not going to make it. And it's just like on YouTube, right? All this stuff is happening, but I have more time. Um, but what's really like these last 20 seconds are really important to do things with. So I just thought it was a great look into her mind about how she takes the same piece of content and how she's going to split it up or do different things based on the platform that she's going to put it on. So that's, you know, just very, very smart. And when you think about when you have a team, when you're able to do something like that, um, great idea to do that. But very tell telling to know, right? This is one piece of quantity or this is one piece of quality content that she's ripping out and putting everywhere. <laughs> and she is trying to produce quantity, right? But it's still quality. And so she's also like, even when we're filming it, we think about how much spacing and framing there is so that if you are going to slice down the middle for a nine by 16 or something, that it's still going to look good. So I just thought that was a great way to think. Of it. And if you think about it now, she's taking that same one piece of content that she's made and putting it on all these platforms, optimizing for each of the platforms, but getting monetized for TikTok, even if it isn't great, getting monetized on Facebook. And she said, and you never know what is necessarily going to take off. So she's like, this video has, it was like 4 million views on YouTube, which is fantastic, right? We all think, wow, 4 million views. She's like, same video on YouTube, just with the burnt in captions, all that stuff. 50 million views, 50 million views. And so if you think about that, you know, why wouldn't you double, triple, quadruple dip with that same piece of content by putting it in all the different places? But that's one of those you got to learn and you don't learn those lessons about burnt in captions or the best 15 seconds of the TikToks until you try and put it out there. And she said, one lesson that I learned the hard way is that I would go out there and try and drive all the traffic back to YouTube. I just need to build this one platform, just build this one thing, right? And she said, no, then I actually learned about respecting the different platforms, embracing them for the way that they like to encourage their content and nurture it and monetize it. So she's like, so I'm happy now to 
kind of um, cater to all of these different platforms, but you have to learn that lesson by putting it everywhere, by making the videos, by going through these exercises. And so I just think that's a really important lesson that this is all coming full circle as to, you know, what she's doing about putting this content everywhere, but you have to have enough content to learn these lessons. And so when it comes to myself, which was up here, Uh, <laughs> here I am up here. Um, I've learned some of these lessons. I've learned about how two and a half million views maybe isn't beneficial to me, or I've learned how losing 250 videos um, was killing. Let's, we can even say that um, by cutting off all this dead weight, I've been able to increase my um, profitability as a channel. So I don't need to chase 200,000 views per month. I just need to try and figure out how to get 40 or 50,000 views with my new style of content with higher payouts. Or if imagine if I could get to, you know, 200,000 views with my new content, making more money, how it's actually going to end up making me more money in the end, even though it's cost me money now. Hopefully this is making sense to everybody. Can I get some um, hearts or something in, in the chat? Because I feel like I feel like I need some love. Okay, I need some love right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you're looking in from the outside, you could see a whole bunch of reasons why this is an awful idea and this is um, is bad and how it's all going downhill for me, right? Oh, but if you think about where I was before, 40,000 um, channel subscribers, let's say, but I put out a video and I get 50 views. Now, if I'm at 39 eight, you know, uh, subscribers and I still get a hundred views, but those hundred views maybe, um, are from new people or, you know, and the people are leaving or I'm getting people who are wanting to sign up for coaching or I'm getting people who want help with, you know, branding or, um, business stuff or whatever else it is, then maybe I'm making up the money that I'm losing from the AdSense or whatever else from by increasing that piece of pie on, um, on something else in the revenue pie. So hopefully that makes sense. I see no hearts in the chat and y'all can I, I need, uh, I need, okay. I'm like Tinkerbell. If I don't have any, like not applause, but <laughs> here I am pouring out my heart to y'all and you can't give me a heart emoji. <laughs> Thank you. G Michael Jr. Appreciate you. Yes. And, um, so I just wanted to come back again, wrapping it all up into quantity quality is this whole idea that so many people have about making the best YouTube video, making the highest quality YouTube video, stuff like that. And it's not always about that because it's not Niven in the house. Great to see you, buddy. How are you? If you're around and you want to chat, please let me know. I'm happy to throw you a link, but it's really, really important when you are putting into practice the stuff when it comes to your own YouTube channel, right? Sometimes you're not gonna learn these lessons many, many years now that I'm into it until you put out a lot of videos. But what stops so many of us is thinking we have to hit this bar, this quality bar. And again, quality is so subjective. We talked about that at the beginning. We talked about it's hard to even be able to quantify what quality truly is. Like how do you how do you do that? And most of the time it's going to come down to the more videos you have, the more experience you have, whether it's life or videos or speaking or whatever, the more that you do it, the better that it is. And that's true of the parable with the pottery class. It's true with the photography class. It's true for all of that. <laughs> yes, my writing is spectacular. Anyone who's listening on the audio version of this podcast my handwriting is atrocious, apparently, on a tablet, and um, Dean Inman is making fun of me. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> so, um, oh my goodness, what is this? Dean Inman, you're moving. I feel like we need to catch up then. You're leaving and going someplace else. I need to hear all the details. Um, you can't even read your own writing. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to highly encourage you if you're feeling like, hey, the quality of my videos is not good, um, I would encourage you. I know this could be contrary to what some people would tell you. And what can I say? I'm contrarian 
in just that way is that quantity breeds quality. <laughs> That's all I can say. And so um, I think that the more at-bats that you have, the more that you step up to the free throw line has many scenarios, um, sports analogies, as you can think of, the more times you kick a field goal attempt, um, the more chances you're going to have to score. You're going to learn some things along the way and you really just got to put yourself out there and do it because it is a muscle and you have to keep working it and you have to keep soldiering on and going forward. You're going home, Dean Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you that you're finally going to be able to go home. Wow, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. Wow. Wow. What's the first thing? I know you've asked this, I've asked you before what the first thing you'll do when you get home after you hug your brother, you know, check in on the condo and all that stuff. What's the thing you're looking forward to most doing first when you um, when you get home? Let me know. Pixel PI, I did see your message. I will also be going into the um, into the chat to, to to look at what you sent me. So I will do that. Um, I didn't forget about you. I just haven't had a chance to look at it. And um, for everyone else out there, if you want to participate in getting a question in, go to the community tab and, you know, post a question. I also had it on Instagram, but since you're here on YouTube, then, you know, um, respond to the community tab thing. And I'm going to be trying to take a whole bunch of those and making YouTube shorts. And also now you know why. Um why I'm trying to post so many shorts right now, because I'm trying to bring more eyeballs to an audience that is not anything related to do with editing or iMovie, subscribe buttons, right? So I need a chance for more people to get to know me for not iMovie, right? Yeah, getting a time slash, oh, I know, right? Man, I was gonna say, I think... um, how long after I saw you in Thailand did you leave Thailand? Because we did that in like December, right? It was like December, January. And then we started our lockdown in like March of that year. So I feel like it's been just as long for me to be in Thailand than you have been in Thailand. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. But if this episode made you happy and you want to share it with someone, that'd be great. If you want to leave a podcast review also great and if you have ideas for a youtube short to be turned into a youtube short great let me know okay i hope that y'all have the most awesome thursday dean and i'm so happy that you'll be going home and um also if you want to be around in the community make sure you've joined that's and hit that subscribe button i also have channel memberships if you want to do that you should join so that you can be part of the cool crew to have the private member-only chats and, and whatnot, all right? So I hope you all have a great rest of your night, whatever you are doing. Peace and love to all of you. I'll see you next time.